You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Vegas After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's Vegas After Show. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, After Buzzers. Biggest for doing. And today, we're doing... Episode 19, Season 1, CBS's Vegas. I'm your host, Thaddeus Massey, and joining me in the studio today is... Bam Erickson, Nick Perdue, and Amy Garcia. Amy Garcia's in the house! Oh my gosh! Amy Garcia. Can you guys believe this? Amy Garcia of CBS's Vegas and Showtime's Dexter and... A million other in one project, so we're going to talk about <laughs> that she's done and doing and coming up. We're just delighted, and the ple- pleasure is all ours for you to be here, gracing us with your incomparable presence. Oh, you guys are making my heart is beating. She's you so guys talented. Are good. <laughs> I'm so glad this day finally came. <laughs> okay, we can wrap the show now. I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> so let's talk about this episode. This episode was a. Kind of a pivotal episode for some characters on the show. I mean, it was juicy. It It was. was, It was good, especially for Yvonne and Dixon. Oh, my goodness. It was cracking up. So let's start off with Dixon getting bamboozled. Thrown in the slammer. Thrown in the slammer. He gets (laughs) terrible. He gets framed. Mm -hmm. He gets set up. Or they tried to set him up. And they came close. It was like a real good, like, very detail-oriented setup. Yeah, I think it's always good when it's close to home. You know what I mean? When you're the law, but but you end up having to, like, you know, deal with different things because it's your own kid. And I think Carrie Ann Moss's character has a good point where she's like, would you turn a blind eye if it was anyone else but your kid? Mm-hmm. That's true. So. And you know that Ralph would have been like, how are you going to hit a woman? And you blah, blah, blah. But, of course... He's biased for obvious reasons. He knows that his son didn't do this. So he's obviously going to, you know. But I like the fact that, you know, Trinity kept a little balance with the situation. (laughs) We like to call her that sometimes. Oh, gotcha. Because she's the bomb. We love Carrie Ann. But her her character, the ADA, she has to keep the situation balanced in order for the you know just justice, justice to prevail, to prevail yeah. in the in the in the right manner and what's interesting is they had they were having a, a prosecution team from Jefferson County take over the case yeah. because they said no one's going to touch the lambs out here and they know yeah. that there's mm-hmm. not going to be but any she comes around fair. at the end when she's like boys put your guns down right because yeah. you will all be arrested if you kill someone in front of you know an attorney like myself exactly she or, comes or around dead. 
that was yeah. a funny scene because <laughs> yeah, I was exactly. like, well, what's to stop them from shooting you too? Because, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 <laughs> Vegas is full of shallow, like, <laughs> graves out there. Yeah. Isn't there? So it's like really funny. But it, the thing that's interesting about this uh, this uh, episode is that there was a whodunit, but the whodunit was the mob trying to yeah. figure out <laughs> yeah. the whodunit this week, right. which was really funny because Mia's mom is this high roller uh, VIP liaison host VIP ish. host thing yeah. Yeah. and she's got this guy who's a stiff in the middle of the floor <laughs> in the suite and you're like what's going on yeah. exactly. I, I thought she I thought she did I thought she, she did great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah I love the whole like honey and vinegar thing too where her and Sarah Jones' character like you just need a little bit more honey <laughs> right. she's very charming and seductive and flirty and then you know Mia like whips the guy and she's like and sometimes you need vinegar yeah, you right. know? that was great so she yeah your father's daughter he did raise you yeah the women in the show especially this episode I think are pretty badass yeah especially for women in the 60s especially yeah. at that time <laughs> I, and I, I what's the actress's name that plays uh Melinda P- Melinda I that plays that plays Mia's mom yeah, Melinda because we just I just but she's she's like she's so sexy yeah. like she right. has this like this milf cougar thing going on <laughs> and she comes across to her, her, her presence Melinda, Melinda Clark, Clark. Melinda yes, Clark. Thank, thank you very much she's she's got it going on yeah. I mean she comes on and she's just her presence is just she like she commands mm-hmm. that you know it's crazy uh-huh. like and I mentioned this was so funny when they when she first came from valet and she was walking to the hotel I was like that's Mia's mom I really? Just, I you knew called it. it. I called it because she just has this swagger yeah. that only like a Mia twenty years from now yeah. would have. Yeah, like how she came across, and it was her who can hold her own in the boys' club. Exactly. You know what I mean? But still keep it feminine and sexy and milfy. Yes, you, very milfy. I like milfy. <laughs> a little touch of honey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That little touch of honey. Yeah, yeah keeps it. So, what do you guys think about how? Her their relationship is developing. Mia and I like it. And her mom's relationship. I like it. She was kind of cold at first. It seems like Mia's coming around. She's coming around with Jack. She's, yeah, she's coming like she's because this is what Mia needs right now. You know, because like she was flipped upside down. Her little world was flipped upside down, and then now you know she has okay. Well, Jack isn't that bad. You know, because she still <laughs> has this little place in her heart for him. Yeah, and then you know, so like she sees that he's really doing his job and you know he had to do what he had to do and then his mom and then her her mom comes and now you know her mom essentially is the only family that she has exactly and yeah. I think she has insight to her that no one else has like when she says when you looked at that cowboy that's the Mia that I know and you could tell right. that yeah. even though she walks away it lasts it has an impact on mm-hmm. her and she considers you know and I think that even though she really doesn't want to let her mom in and what relationship is fun if you start out loving each other at the beginning I like that they were cold to each other and there was a great distance yeah. but yeah. they're coming around and they're learning that you know even though you're honey and I'm vinegar we can still they kind can of still work as a team yeah, you know yeah. yeah exactly and Although Mia has sides of her father, she also has sides of her mom as well. Mm. And she doesn't really like that side, but the mom really kind of puts her into place and perspective on certain things that she needs to know, especially when it came time for the whole vinegar, uh, the whole vinegar thing, when she needed to kind of soften up the way to, you can't always go hard at a man, exactly. like, especially if you're trying to get information. So <laughs> she was like, okay, that's for sure. Let yeah. Mom, yeah. Yeah. She was like, let mama show you how, how yeah. to use your femininity. Your eyes are as yeah. deep blue as the ocean. Oh my yeah. gosh. Tell that. He's like, <laughs> like the Pillsbury yeah. Doughboy. It's like, <laughs> this guy. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. But you're right. She's not afraid. I think that 
Mia sometimes overcompensates for being in a man's world and tries to kind of mm. take away her femininity. Mm-hmm. And and it's good that her mom's like, look, you can, you know, you have both weapons. Right. Use them. Yeah. 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 And, you know, what I think it is, too, is because she just hasn't used it. <laughs> like, like she, she has, like she yeah, has. She suppresses it. Yeah, like because yeah. she yeah. had need needed to to use it. So yeah. no. used it even on in Jack. the bedroom, she's yeah. very like. Right. Yeah. I must leave now. To the left. <laughs> to the left. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Get off. Exactly. <laughs> you know, even the mom, uh, even her mom had told her, you know, if you continue this path, you have to have some fun, or this lifestyle will kill you. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You're so out. she's basically telling her, "Go get your man." Hmm. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. She's yeah. basically letting her know. I think that's she did take that advice and she said, oh, I'm sorry to hear about Dixon and anything I can do to help. She's softening up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she definitely needs that. Uh, I, I don't want to to go back and, and request from Mia because that's obviously a juicier story. But I have to address this opening of the episode with this bull in the middle <laughs> yeah. of yeah. the street. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah. issues with this for some reason. Why? I'm like, dude, like we it. know they're cowboys. But we don't really see them be cowboys, though. You know, Do I we want to see them be cowboys? Yeah. Well, Taylor worked so hard on his lassoing. I mean, I'm saying, uh, in between every take, uh. he had a lasso and was practicing and was actually lassoing anybody that would walk by to practice. <laughs> and he put so much effort into practicing because he's like, I'm, I'm doing the bull scene in a couple days and I really want to look like an actual cowboy mm. that lived on a ranch, that grew up in a ranch. And he right. worked so hard. And then I saw the episode and I'm like, Amy, that's it. <laughs> did he did he lasso you? I don't know if I can tell you. <laughs> no, he did. He did. And he's actually quite good. Mm-hmm. He lasted me amongst many other people. But he, you're right. He didn't get a chance to show his, show his skills. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that opening was, I didn't even know what to think. I liked it. <laughs> I did. I, me, personally, I was like, okay, first of all, why is there a bull out here? Right. But yeah. then, you know, well, when, yeah. when, you, when you see him ride up on the horse, and you're like, oh, okay, you already know what's going to happen. So it was Then it he was pulls cute. up the valet with no, on the horse. Yeah. Why not? But I will say, you know, Dennis has like 10 horses or something. Like he actually loves horses and he loves to ride them and he takes care of them. So I think I liked that, you know, he got to... Yeah, so it it's very nice. cowboyish was, of him, and, yeah. and but yeah, it, it was it maybe needed to be a little longer of a scene. It was but, funny, yeah. but it was a little bit of a shocker. Yeah, it, it definitely shocked me. <laughs> I was like, "Is this the right way? Am I yeah. the right channel?" <laughs> oh wait, Dennis, Dennis. Okay, Dennis is okay. <laughs> National Geographic. It's the right show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was very funny. Discovery Channel. Okay, so back to back to this whole who done it with with uh, Savino and his uh, I don't know his his one his handy guy. His yeah. one goon, but but no, and, and you you saw <laughs> that, guy, that this guy's hilarious. <laughs> you 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 saw who came came back this episode though, right? You know his his, his boy, his, the one his, that was his, missing, his number two. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Because I, I was like, oh, I went, right when I saw him, I said, yeah, yeah. Right, he's not dead or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he comes and knocks on the door, and it's yeah. like the well is downstairs. He's looking for Mike. Was it Mike Parcel? Parcel. Well, yeah, I don't remember his first name. Yeah, but yeah. it's Parcel, Parcel, and he comes in there, and the guys. Stiffed out on the floor, and I guess he was hanging out with this guy who's the whale. I guess this guy is like a big time, yeah. a big time uh, a gambler or whatever. And he 
took him for a couple G's. So mm-hmm. now he's looking for his money. And his watch. And his, watch. And his yeah. great-grandfather's yeah. watch. Yeah. <laughs> which is funny to watch these guys go through an investigation and keep this body on ice. And he's Literally. like, this thing is not going to be enough. He's yeah. like, make more than one trip. It's like, this guy's funny. <laughs> yeah. This guy's always saying something that's like totally dense. <laughs> it's like, yeah. they're doing a good job writing this guy's character. Yeah. Um, so you, you got to hide this. They got to hide this guy and then find out what is going on the whodunits for me we've been we've been juggling this whole whodunit thing like all season yeah like the whole whodunits we we lose them all right yeah right but but it was funny I liked how they reversed it it. they spun it and put it in because you can't have I thought it was really funny how Mia was like well let's call the cops that was hilarious (laughs) Because, yeah, let's call the cops. Yeah, and Chicklis is like, uh, no. Yeah, right, because you're going to have the whole FBI. The FBI is already on mm-hmm. us, like, tough. So there's no way. we got to figure a way to get this guy out of here and yeah. figure out what's going on. But while they're doing that, the whole thing with Dixon actually was the, the main of focal course, point. was yeah. the meat of this episode. Yeah. And I love how Ralph went to go uh, confront Barry Silver. Of course. Yeah. Slapping Yvonne. Such a slime Who do you think ball. you are slapping Yvonne? And I ought to beat him too. You know, I got to yeah. say, I was driving home with a black eye after that episode, you know, last episode where, yeah. where he, you know, attempts. you up. And, um, and I thought, oh my God, if I got pulled over and I have a black eye, would I be taken in? And, and you know, would they ask if I was dating someone and in an abusive relationship or, or would I get out of the ticket because it looked mm. so real and I forgot that I had a black guy and I was like at Whole Foods and people would just look at me like oh dude I'm so sorry <laughs> and then like, why is line, everyone looking at me like that and then I thought oh I I forgot I came straight from set and right. I just you know wow. did the attempted rape scene and I have a black guy but everyone looked at me so sad like oh gosh poor girl that poor thing and then I realized <laughs> I was like oh it's just makeup but yes Barry Silver slime Barry Silver Slime bag. Slime ball. Okay, so this is what we want to we want to know. This is one of this is one of the things we want to know. Okay. Were you actually singing? I was. Man? You were. You I were went singing. in studio and I recorded and I lip synced to myself on the day. Yeah. But um but yeah, I I've never sang in a studio before. And thank you God for the You never sang in a studio. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Well, you know, we are in a studio right now. Multi-talented. Oh, jeez. And uh, <laughs> you're doing headphones and a microphone in front of you. So if we can just give just a little taste. I mean, little <laughs> just a, just not a even little. a full 16, maybe just no, an eight. Yeah. Just okay. eight bars. Besame, besame mucho, como si fuera. Okay, I'm saying it in Spanish. Oh, wow. No, that was I'm good, though. That was good. <laughs> I'm totally blushing. You guys are making me blush. Wow. You made me blush. <laughs> I know. And we no. already know she could dance because I saw her go for it like about You a month did? Ago. Yes, oh, I did. Oh, that warms my heart. <laughs> that really warms my heart. And you know what's funny? Uh-huh. I wasn't doing like the typical journalistic research. I was just flipping and I saw it on Netflix and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I gotta watch this. So Aww. I watched it. This girl can dance. Yeah. You talking about triple threat. Okay. So, acting, dancing, and singing, and she can sing. Mm. Oh, that's very sweet. I did do all my own dancing, actually. I was wow. I was very intimidated because I was dancing with Gwen Stefani's Harajuku girls, mm. who are the real deal. Right. And, you know, globally, 
just superstars. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they were very helpful. They coached me on the side, and mm-hmm. they're like, you know what? This is the one thing I could say. I was freaking out before the big routine. You know, we were shooting it the next day. Yeah. And they said, if you mess up, just mess up big. If you had to go left, but you went right, just go right. Just commit. Just go. Right. <laughs> and I said, okay. You know. So they said, just. Don't, no one knows the routine. Right. No one knows the choreography. So just go with it. If you mess up, just commit to the mess up and no one will ever know. Well, you look, <laughs> I have to say, you look great. I was like, wow, she's really dancing. Uh, thank and you. she I'm can dance. Now. Yeah, you, you got to see it. I mean, the, the, the set was uh, set in Chicago. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. And how did that come about? Was that just like a coincidence, the fact that you were from Chicago and kind it, was, of, yeah. it just kind of worked out like that? Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, okay, I wonder if this has anything, because I know she's from Chi-Town, so I wonder if this was, it, but that, that's great for the character. I mean, you, yeah, I you mean, know. the director and the writer was from Chicago and loved that I was from Chicago. And yeah. It was just perfect. And we shot that in 18 days. That's quick. Wow. Really? So I remember we shot 11 scenes in one day wow. at one point. I was like schizophrenic. I was, you know, changing in the bathroom and doing my own makeup and hair sometimes and uh, you know, bringing my own wardrobe. 95% of the wardrobe in that movie is my own. I mean, it was a guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, they but did, it's you good. You guys did a great job on that production. I <laughs> oh, was like, I was sincerely impressed. And I was very impressed with. The fact that you're performing, the performance was very stage like Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, you see a lot of theater and theater. You have to act. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be on point. Yeah. It's it's being in front of a camera and saying cut every 30 seconds. is completely different than (laughs) editing. Yeah. yeah, And then when you're on stage and and I know you have some some stage and theatrical Mm -hmm. experience from the time you were young, but how it was shot was just very theatrical very theatrical um so i was impressed oh thank so you so that's shout outs to amy garcia because she can, she's a real deal she can sing dance and act so i know Dan, i know bam was gonna <laughs> i know i can i can feel his face expressions right now just like on the side of my eye go ahead bam i know you want to say something i'm gonna get to that later but speaking of um Speaking of just you in general, I want to go a little bit more into your character for uh, um, this Friday's episode. We have been able to see more of your your character. And finally, you know, you've loosened up to Dixon. Mm -hmm. And so it was great to see you two interaction uh, together. And you had scenes with, you know, Dixon. You had scenes with, uh, you know, Lamb and Carrie. So let's just, I want to dive into your character and I want to dive into, like, basically your storyline. Sure. And so now let's let's just go into this just a little bit Mm -hmm. about, you know, we start off seeing you and Dixon at the, at the, um, at the precinct and Dixon's like okay well you know how about we go for some chicken and you're like you know I don't want to talk about this whole thing with LA yeah and so that kind of opens up what happens to Dixon and and your support and stuff for you know so your stuff so like what you guys what are your what are your thoughts on the Dixon and um Yvonne storyline I mean like I I like it and I, I like the way that it is evolving and because like you you want them to get together you know you want Yvonne and Dixon to get together but it's like things or people women yeah. get in the way you know but Yvonne's character is so like I love him you can tell <laughs> she like she just loves him and even you know this little floozy here and there yeah. you know what I mean and so now since we really get to see it it's kind of like okay like let's just get them together that's what I'm mean. yeah. let's just get them together I like that it's right you know in the 60s it wasn't like you make out on your first date. 
great. It was mm. like, maybe you hold hands, maybe. Right. And then the second date, you hold hands and get a peck on the cheek. And then the third, you know, so I like that you get to see their relationship blossom at a yeah. snail's pace, which was normal in the 60s. Yeah. Um, and I like that she's, you know, really bossy with him, starting with the Christmas episode where she slaps him in the face. Yeah. yeah. And she throws eyes at him. But as you know, it's like in kindergarten, if you like a girl, if you like a guy, you hit them and make fun of them. Mm. But um, I think... You know, he's such a playboy. Even from the pilot episode, we first see him running in his underwear away from some guy's <laughs> wife. Right. So he's a playboy. And so I think she thinks, all right, you go sow your oats, you know, and do whatever you got to do. But then when you're ready to be with a real woman, who I love, by the way, that you called, that you called when I came in to do the Dexter talk. They're like, those guys love you. They keep calling you the, the ethnic need of the Yosef I'm like, oh, really? The other so, um, Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. But, um, well, because, well, yeah. technically speaking, we, I was unsure... Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't know. Well, first of all, we didn't know what your last name was. That's so. We were trying to figure. You know, this is like yeah. from episode one too. So we. Well, didn't I really... think she was written Irish and Mexican. Mm-hmm. So I think she's half Irish, half Mexican. Uh. Um, I don't know if they're addressing that. You know, but her just talking about before going to Hollywood in that episode about her <laughs> yeah. dad um, being a singer and obviously her last name is Sanchez. And then we meet her mom. Yeah. Have we done that episode? Have you guys met the mom yet? Mm, Am I spilling no. the beans here? Yes, oh, yeah. so maybe you get to see. Exclusive. Exclusive here now. World premiere. Amy Garcia drops dimes on Vegas. Yeah, so, um, but I, I do like, it's funny, a lot of the reason I wasn't able to be in like all the episodes, because I was, like I said, I was shooting Robocop in Toronto. So like, well, we want more of on, but you're just in another country shooting something else. And mm. then I finally was here and I said, look, I'm going to be here before Dexter starts shooting and when after Robocop raps I would love to just you guys have me unconditionally for five episodes right and um, so that's when they started kind of really exploring her character and you get to learn that she's always wanted to be a singer mm-hmm. and um, and you know she comes from a, a big family and she comes from a musical family and you're right she does loosen up a little bit mm-hmm. and you see her outside of the office for the first time all of her scenes up until really recent episodes have all been in the sheriff's office yeah. but you get to see her in this alien princess costume Costume and yeah. the blot of Paramount, which, by the way, the arches haven't changed. Yeah. yeah, it was Paramount. They haven't changed that since was, the yeah. 60s. <laughs> so it was pretty cool, you know, to just see some things never change. But, yeah, she's have, opening up. Did you have any um, Did you have any part in creating your character development, or was this something that the writers... Mm, both. So, okay. I, you know, I, um, I actually know one of the writers. I've known him for a long... I went to Northwestern in Chicago mm-hmm. um, for college, and uh, one of the, um, the writers is, is married to someone I knew from school, and I just started saying, you know, I love this role, and I really thought why a Mexican girl would be in Vegas in the 60s. And I thought maybe her mom was a Rita Hayworth type of performer where she was a dancer and she had to come to Vegas and bring the girl and she's, you know, raised by a single mom. Maybe her dad was a musician and was in, like, a band. Or maybe her dad was an actor like Desi Arnaz in the 60s. I love Lucy. And that's all I said. I just, you know, because I felt really comfortable with this writer who's actually now working on The Walking Dead. He's very talented. But... And then all of a sudden, you know, nine episodes later, um, the storyline comes up about her dad. And he's like, you know, I got to tell you, 
Um, I think that planted a little seed. So I give him full credit because he developed it and went with it and pitched it to the writers right. and, yeah. and and created it. But um, but I did, you know, every time I dive into a character, I always come up with backstory. And, yeah. and um, yeah. I just mentioned it to him in like a five-minute conversation over the phone. And then seven months later, it ends up being on screen fully developed so um because i think that's part of my responsibility like when you hire me as an actor why if, if you can read then anyone can be an actor you know anyone who's who's literate but i think the reason that you're hired to be an actor is to bring backstory to bring life life yeah. to something mm-hmm. and um even the posture like i thought in the 60s if you notice sarah jones's posture you know plays mia her posture is impeccable right. and she almost glides like a ballet dancer and i thought women in the 60s when you're wearing the vintage i mean all the clothes is totally vintage so it's all one of a kind pieces there's no wow. doubles you can't just like oh. buy five of the same shirts from Walmart, you know, it's, right. the costume department is excellent. I think they're. I hope that they get nominated for an Emmy because they really deserve it. So you're wearing these period pieces and these really tight, pen- tight, 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 tight <laughs> pencil skirts, and you just carry yourself differently. Even, yeah. even, um, you know, not speaking with your hands. I think women, you know, in modern day, really are expressive with their hands. But back then, you yeah. didn't use yeah. them. And you know, if if a woman came in and had like Botox, I remember one of the writers saying like, we can't hire her for Vegas because that wasn't around back then so there's certain things you have to take into consideration when you're doing a period drama Um, like certain haircuts even if they were a great actor but you know they looked they didn't have like a period look to them Mm. Um, and and they're like a lot of women also with like you know huge fake boobs we just can't hire them because they're that wasn't like around in, in the 60s they did have huge real ones though Yes, they did have huge real ones. <laughs> yes, that is that is very true. Those ones did exist. No, I'm just yeah. joking. But anyway, what what I wanted to, what what I wanted to mention real quick was that what I liked about your character in the beginning before you had to take off to Toronto, and yeah, be RoboCop, which is dope, <laughs> like beyond the, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so you always contributed to the investigation. Like Yvonne's character mm-hmm. was always the one that when Ralph. And the guys were trying to figure something out in the station. Yvonne was the one that walked by and was like, oh, it's such and such. And yeah. it kept going. It's like, a yeah. little nugget. It's <laughs> a little like, piece. She needs yeah. to be an investigator. Like, yeah. well, she, so yeah. I, I missed that part of your character, how you contributed. And it was like intangible information that they right. needed to solve stuff. Like that the, only a girl would know. Like right. the bus. The, the bus. The right. Like last two seven. Yeah. Like who's going to Tucson? Or they couldn't find like a mistress or something. And I'm like, just figure out. Jewelry. Any guy that has a mistress buys her jewelry. Figure out where he had the jewelry sent. You'll buy your. You'll find your mistress. Right. Yeah. And Ralph's like, oh, that's a great idea. But you only know that <laughs> if you were a woman. Right. You know. And you're right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of junk in the, in the sheriff's department. They, they're, they're like, you know, they need more ladies up in there. Yeah, they definitely so it, do. So it, it's nice to have her around and just be super whip smart. I I want to I want to have a see if she. Actually, and of course you know this, and if you want to let us know, it's fine. To get a little more, maybe a promotion or something in the sheriff's station. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe I think. goes out on a case or something. And Yeah, well, again, you know, they wanted, I think, her to go on some case. I guess there was, you know, uh, it was like a swimming episode. A girl was found dead in the pool or something. Yeah. And I was okay, just, yeah, yeah. I, I, 
you know, just when you're doing a huge studio movie, they're not very cool with you flying back and forth. So I just they wouldn't, you know, let oh, me go oh. for good reason. Like we own her, and, yeah. and so so they just they Obama was supposed to be out on that case. Oh, so it's interesting okay. how you know a lot of storylines and stuff change even through actors' availability. Like yeah. if you if someone's not yeah. available, or wow. you know, even on Dexter, I had a a. a Lewis Green, you know, who's my character's boyfriend, ended up doing a Broadway show, and so they had to cut his, you know, episodes down to just three. But you never think of that. You think it's always planned, but a lot of it has to do, or someone gets pregnant, or, you know, just... You mentioned availability. What's really interesting about availability is when you go to our AfterBuzz TV iTunes, we have so much available for you here. <laughs> and what you need to do is you need to go to iTunes. You can download. You can rate, subscribe, and you can watch all available shows that we have. We have, like, over 65 shows. We have Vegas. We have Dexter. We have Scandal. We have House of Cards. Game of Thrones. Games of, thank you, Game of Thrones. So make sure you guys go to iTunes, download, rate, subscribe, tell a friend. And it really helps the uh, station here at After Buzz TV. Yeah. I like that. And you can stream them on your iPads and yes. on your iPhones as Androids. well. And your Androids as well. And your Androids. And if you guys want to call in, you guys have any questions for us and want to talk crap to us or <laughs> praise us for something, our antics, or talk to Amy, which you can do, you can call in 424-256-1729. 424-256-1729. Amy Garcia's in the house. I'm so elated. I still can't believe uh, it. <laughs> I love she's she's guys, actually here. Right, she's actually here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love It means a lot that you guys, you know, like you create a character and you never know if people are going to like it or not. But even that, it's like you're in one scene and... People like remembered, and I—it's cool, you know. It's it just—it's very encouraging, and you—it's nice when someone other than your mom says, "Oh, that was a great scene," <laughs> or "You did a great job." You're like, "Okay, good." You're like, "That's Thanks, my mom. baby." Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no but, but you're gonna see more of her in the, good. you know, in the final season, um, final episodes here, and maybe her and Dixon get together, maybe not. We're gonna get a little more into that. Let's. Let's uh, finish. The, you want to get back to the episode? Well, let's get into the episode, and then we can go more. Right, into, we can go uh, more into Yvonne and Dixon and what what happened. I I was really hoping. Okay, don't cry, Thaddeus. I was really hoping you guys were going to share a kiss through the bars. <laughs> oh, that's. Really I was sweet. I was thinking about that too. I was like, oh, but then you know, like that well, might be too I don't much think you can soon. do that. Actually, they haven't kissed, and I don't think they kissed for a while. Really? We thought about that. We're like, they've never kissed, so let's make it count. Okay. So you'll you'll know. Is you'll this like see a their... season finale type of maybe? Type yeah, of thing? just like a, mm. just like a. It's a big thing. Yeah. yeah. I think the jail scene was just enough. You yeah. Know? A lot of information was revealed. You know, he's like, you know, I didn't do it. I only went there to uh, to end it and let her know that I like someone else yeah. and that I have feelings for someone else. And then you go and say the same thing. Well, you know, I have feelings for some. So just that, just that little forty five seconds, little interaction. Uh, the interaction, yeah. the looking at each other. You yeah. know, that was that was that was powerful enough to say, you know, I got you, you got me, we got each other. Yeah. So They wanted it to be like a star-crossed lover thing, where at mm-hmm. that point you don't know if Dixon's going to get out of jail or not. Mm-hmm. So it was like too, you know, too little, too late kind of thing, where they finally confess each other's feelings for each other, mm-hmm. but he, it, they might not be able to realize it. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, but I do agree with you, Thaddeus. Maybe, you know, he could have got up from his seat and walked over and they could at least, you know... Like, did the whole hand yeah, thing or yeah. something. They could have... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's too fast She's kind of tough, woman. though, you know. Yeah. She already... I think her saying 
that she kind of does too. It's funny when we did the scene, he's like, "I have feelings for someone else too." We did a take. I was just joking. I was like, "Who? <laughs> Who is this bitch?" You know? <laughs> and they're like, "Cut, cut, cut." Tell me, cut. Tell me but, now. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but um, but yeah, I think I think uh, less is more. And like I said, there's something about sexual tension that you can never get back. Yeah, that's what I think mm. keeps you know shows like Bones on the air for so long. Where for so long you just want them to get together and they'll like fall on each other, live this far apart, and they're like, okay, let's get back to work. Yeah. Into that tension where you just want them to get together, and it's been building up and building up, and and so. Plus, you know. it is 1960, like yeah. you mentioned. Yeah. So, and she is at work. I mean, right. the jail is at work, yeah. right? So things have to play out well, and take a little more time. They have to spend some quality time on that level with that tone together. Yeah, like we see them hook up. At Would the you end guys have been diner. able to survive in the 1960s with? Getting only Vegas? a peck on the cheek. Probably not. Well, I mean, well, I, I thought we would survive. Period. But oh no, you know, I mean, <laughs> six was tough time for us. But uh, <laughs> so I don't know. But getting a peck on the cheek. You know, I don't. I, it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> 1960. Yeah, I'm was thinking, rough. Nick. I'm thinking the same thing. Like a peck on the cheek from his, from a Hispanic girl, and we're exactly. You know, that right. would have just. You know, we would have been in jail. Yeah. <laughs> no, they would have put it under the jail. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I will say this though. I, I, I do find it nice though that uh your character was the only one that visited Dixon, you know, or at least that we saw that visit him while he was no, right. his dad. Well yeah, but his that's his dad. Oh. You yeah. know what I because mean? like like no one else really kinda came yeah. to even kinda say anything. Yeah, know? that's true. Who else besides his dad or his uncle? He doesn't have have any, any yeah, friends. He doesn't have though? any friends, does no. he? Yeah, because we were thinking about it. All his <laughs> friends are girls. Oh yeah, that hooks up with. Yeah, those aren't his. There's not his his friends. He would probably sleep with his friends' girlfriends, so he doesn't. No, he's a good guy. He hooks up with. I mean, he hangs out with his dad and Jack, his dad and his uncle. Yeah, at the station. If he's not with them, and the flavor of the week, right? Or he's with some some girl. You know. You know what's interesting Um, is Dixon and Yvonne's character. We saw the we saw the togetherness of them. And we had Catherine and we had uh, Ralph's character apart. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So to see the young, I, I, there's something about Dixon. I've always said I've always liked Dixon's character. Like, I can foresee him carrying on the show and I could just see Dixon. There's something about his character that I like and, and the two of you guys' reaction. But but uh, Catherine and Ralph's um, their relationship was questioned because Catherine had to do her job. Ralph. Like, he didn't like it. He somewhat respected it, but they were kind of at each other's throats this yeah. entire episode. And there's been times where we've seen things where where we see Catherine and Jack kind of do this whole little this kind of whole little flirting thing. Mm-hmm. But that was you. That was you and Dixon's character this time. And then Catherine and Jack and, and Ralph and were Ralph. Mm-hmm. were at each other's throats. So I thought that was I thought that was a cool dynamic. Yeah. Like change it up and mm-hmm. and again with the sexual tension, you know, with with the I think it's so fun to see them dance. Like they come together, like mm-hmm. with Mia and Jack, you know, they're together and then she pulls them away, which it's like mm-hmm. a tango, mm-hmm. which I think is always fun to see. Where she's like, I don't want you, but by saying that, it really means I want you. And right. and it's 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 good. But I no still it, means no, guys. So yeah, and it's true. I mean, I mean, it, this is a perfect example, like you say, where. Where Catherine and Ralph's characters are put on different sides of the line, mm-hmm. you know right. what I mean, because of their jobs. So even though Ralph may feel how he feels about for Catherine when it comes to his kid, there's a 
you know, he's there's not even a question whose side Ralph, he's on. I think Ralph was a little out of pocket because Catherine was doing her job. And she said a million times that she didn't believe that Nixon did it, but this is what it appears, and I'm trying to help you. But yeah. then Jack kind of had this whole stern attitude about it. And it's like she, I'm um, yeah, Ralph, but <laughs> but yeah, it's, but it's blind eye for his kid. She, you know? she, she had to be aggressive, and the reason she was taking that aggressive approach is because she wanted to qualm anything and squash it before it got really taken to a level. Yeah, it's like look, yeah. he was sitting in jail for a couple of hours. That was really her approach. That was really her attitude. It wasn't that. I have to prosecute him. It, that, even though it's what she was saying, that wasn't really her attitude. You know, she had to, like what she told uh, Ralph, you know, if this was just a girl mm-hmm. who had came come to you and said, look, I can identify the guy who did this to me. Yeah. He wouldn't have thought twice about finding the person and bringing him in for justice. But yeah. he knew that the guy was, or the the suspect was his son so of course he was going to have a different attitude she was trying to look at it as squarely as possible knowing that the truth would come out because she didn't believe that Dixon had done it anyway so she was just trying to take the approach like look let's just make it look like we have to make it look like do our due diligence so we can give the appearance and let everybody know that we're not playing favorites and that we're we're doing what we're supposed to do but of course you know Ralph is sensitive that's his kid Mm -hmm. and he already has issues because he wasn't always there for his kid and Jack did a lot of the raising so He's very sensitive to being there for him, and I mean we've seen we've seen that in episodes uh, earlier when he didn't even you know Dixon had to prove himself by even going on investigations and and all this like the time that uh, Dixon shot Shot, the guy in the back, Mm -hmm. killed him, the guy lands in the pool or whatever, and. You know, he's like, look, I, if I wasn't here, you'd be, you know, I think Ralph right. didn't even care about that. Ralph was like, you shouldn't be here right. to be in that situation. And he's right. thinking like a father as opposed to, you know, which is normal. And they, yeah. had, a, they had a good father-son relationship today. Like, Jack obviously took a backseat. There was no really interaction between Jack and, and, uh, and Dixon. But it was really, Ralph was like, you know, son, I'm here for you. I'm going to get you out. It was a really great father-son yeah. episode for well, the two. you know, I think, like, probably for me, like, the best line in the entire episode was when, uh, you know, Ralph and uh, Jack, they were out there with uh, Silver's LAPD bodyguards, essentially, yeah. right? You know, mm-hmm. guns drawn. He said, are you ready to die for, for Silver? Because I'm more than prepared to die for, for my, my son. son right? yeah. You know, and so, like, you saw, like, like this guy, like, someone's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's probably what it was. It was like, someone's going to die. If Catherine yeah. didn't show up, it probably yeah, would like, have gone Yeah, like, that's what, what happened. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, he was, you know, like, the sheriff, but he was also thinking as a father, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, whatever we got to do to get this I think he's thinking Done. as a father and using whatever powers as a sheriff to get it. I think yeah. it, it actually became a priority to be a dad and just use whatever power he had as a sheriff to help his son. Yeah. Which, you know, like I said, is expected. I mean, I would have done the same thing. I would have busted the taillight out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your taillight's broken. Yeah. It's like there's a reason to, to bring you in yeah. kind of thing, which is really funny. Um, but I want to talk more about what Amy has, what you're doing. And what's coming up? Are you doing anything besides RoboCop? What else? I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're still doing Dexter. Mm-hmm. Dexter. Still shooting that. Mm-hmm. Our final season. Dexter's the bomb. Series finale. So is can you give us any insights for what can we expect for Dexter? <laughs> can I give you any? No. Um, well, honestly, they, um, 
they don't tell us much. I always say we're on a need to know. It's like working for the CIA slash military over there. Mm-hmm. We're literally even like the last scenes of last season and the season before weren't in our scripts. So the first time we saw it, oh, you know, wow. the whole Guerta thing and, and the whole Deb walking in, those weren't in our scripts for right. the table read. So they're very, very secretive and very strict about no one comes on set, no visitors, absolutely. There's no questions asked. I mean, it's, it really is. Wow. I feel like it's... Um, very tight um, Yeah, I'm working for yeah. the White House or something. But, because um, then, it, you know, it takes the fun away from, from you guys. In fact, I heard this story. I think someone in previous episodes posted that they were going to be on Dexter. And all of a sudden, their Facebook... Showtime calls like you gotta take your Facebook down. <laughs> and I thought, oh wow. my god, it's like they're like really like like badass wow. uh CIA. Dang so I make sure wow. so whenever I say anything, right now I'm thinking, okay, am I gonna get in trouble wow. for what I'm about to say? But um I mean what I can say just in kind of broader strokes is um for those viewers who are caught up, you know, through season seven is it's kind of the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. And um Dexter is not only starting to become more human, but liking being human, which is really scary because Mm. he never always thought he was just a monster. You know what I mean? And now, you know, he's really caring about his son and obviously last season fell in love for the first time. And and those aren't monster type of feelings. Those are human types of feelings. So can Dexter be a monster and still do monster things, but be human. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting. Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see Michael do his thing this season because he's going to get to do things he's never gotten to do. I mean, you don't have the blood slides anymore, so he's like <laughs> growing up. You know, he's right. he's. You don't. There's a lot of things that have changed, and for the first time in the series, he has, or, you know, someone has, he's partaken in murdering law enforcement and someone who doesn't fit the code at all so that kind of opens pandora's box for season eight because to kill someone who doesn't fit the code is so against everything that harry taught him yeah and so against what he knows and now he you know he had to throw away his blood slides he has someone who doesn't fit the code at all um who he kind of knows uh, is no longer so yeah. it's, it's kind of and it's crazy I really want to know how it ends you know I, I did my podcast yesterday for, for Scott Reynolds who's uh, one of our producers and writers on the show and I thought do you know the responsibility that you have I mean yeah. you have a show that I think was is totally iconic I think a show like Dexter opened up the doors for there to be shows like Walking Dead yeah. American Horror Story mm-hmm. um, you know Bates Motel mm-hmm. um the following. I don't think any of those shows would have existed without Dexter. Dexter yeah. Yeah. And it really changed the face of television. Um, and it's, you know, eight years later and 13 million Facebook fans are expect mm. you to end this epically. And I don't think it's going to be a Sopranos fade to black kind of thing. Right. And I said, do you ever have trouble sleeping as a writer knowing that you have to you have all these people that are invested in these characters and the as you guys know the Dexter fan base is so fervent like yeah. they yeah. really you know they they love it they hate it they they're very vocal about it yeah. so i i think last season was fantastic you know i think trinity season is is unparalleled i think that that probably is one of the best seasons of television ever and um we shall see you know it's it's you think there'll be closure 
don't know. I don't know. I because sometimes they leave you hanging. Sometimes, yeah, that's true. So, and, and, I and that's probably one of the reasons. Them, yeah, know? I mean, that's probably it could one be the a reasons. movie or something. I have like no that, idea. So, yeah. I mean, how do you guys think it's going to end? If you had to guess, I don't know. Can you really have a happily? I don't think no. you can have a happily ever after with Dexter. No. I think it, I think there has to be something where it just kind of. I think you, there's like, going to be a little twist. Like it may be happy, but there's going to be a twist. Like it's a shocking. Like oh my god, and then that's <laughs> <it>. yeah, <laughs> you know that is true. I have to say, even being behind the scenes, and I say this all the time, but I get paranoid with my script because they're all watermarked. So every script that we get has her name on it. Uh, so if it gets lost or if someone, they can track it back to you. Again, I'm telling you, wow. this is like military operations. So yeah. I won't even leave a Dexter script in my car and if I ever go to an event like straight from work and I have to put the script in my trunk I am sweating during the whole event they're like you have a really you have a glow and I'm like yeah I have a glow because I feel like someone would rather take that script than my than my car you know I just I just get so nervous but um but even even though I've been part of the show for three years and you know they just made me a regular this year which I'm really excited about Congratulations. I, thank you I'm really excited um you know I I I just am constantly amazed at how I don't expect what I'm reading so it's like a great book I you know I, I grab it I read the script right away and I think oh my god and out loud when I'm reading the script I'm, mm. I'm laughing I'm saying oh no way I'll go back and see if I really read what I thought I read so it's crazy how the writers even after eight years which is almost a decade yeah. can continue throwing curveballs even for the people behind the scenes right. we're also amazed at your career period Let's, Aww, as you. far as TV is concerned you've been a part of some really great shows you've been on Hawaii Five-0 you've been on all the CSIs CSI CSI <laughs> New York CSI <laughs> Miami you've been on um You've been on Trauma. You've been on Bones. You've been on Las Vegas. So your 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 TV career, when you were back at Northwestern University, did you think that all of this success would happen? I actually didn't know for sure that I was going to be an actor. I actually started as a dancer when mm-hmm. I was about seven years old. It was my first professional gig. Uh-huh. And then I actually went to Northwestern for um, economics, journalism, and French. Right, because you triple major. I triple major. Mm-hmm. Jeez. I know. Uh. People are always like, why would you triple major? I'm like, mm. Because she's a triple threat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I actually did commercials as a kid with um, Michael Jordan oh, wow. and Sammy Sosa and Charles Barkley. And I, I speak Spanish, too, so I would, do Michael, I would do McDonald's commercials and I'd be like, you should eat fries. And then I'd be like, deben de comer las papitas fritas. You know, and I would just say, <laughs> do the same commercial t- in two different languages. And I just worked as an actor, um, you know, doing theater during high school to pay for college. Mm-hmm. And then once I finished college, I thought, well, I guess mm-hmm. I should get a job, you know, using my majors. Yeah. So I worked in finance for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was a mutual fund analyst for an investment survey company in New York. Really? And wow. then um, I'll never forget this. I got a job offer from Morgan Stanley to be in their mergers and acquisitions department. And I really had to make a decision. I never thought I wanted to act forever because up until that point, it was just something I did to pay for my school. But I loved it. You know, it wasn't really a job. It was like, mm-hmm. who gets... I get to hang out with Michael Jordan for six hours. After six hours, what do you ask the man? We would just sit there in silence, and it's like me and MJ just chilling. You know, you're like seven years old. I asked him everything I could think of, and then it's so to me, acting as a kid wasn't work, and mm. um, and doing theater in Chicago was just fun. And then I remember being in New York and thinking, oh, I think I just have to face the reality that I love acting. I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to like 
doing something that I loved doing and that came really easily and that I saw as a hobby. I just kind of wanted to ignore it and get a real serious job because I'm like from Chicago and you have to work hard. Was this was this before that two-year contract that you got while you were attending under Paramount with Norman Lear? Uh, yeah, actually, I got that during Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And Norman Lear, I always credit him with paying for my junior and senior year of college. Mm-hmm. So I saw him recently in an event. I said, you know, I have to tell you, I don't know if you remember, but he paid me a two-year deal just so that no one else would we'll would snatch me up and yeah, I'm like wow. no one else was knocking and then I remember him <laughs> saying because you know you're a Chicago kid and I'll right. never forget this he said he said he took a pause and he thought he said you must be very good because that deal was very bad it's a very bad business deal on my end but you must be very good and I said I don't even know why you were paying me for two years but I just I was very flattered and I put all that money to school and um, That's awesome. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was just kind of, I decided I'm going to be an actor, I guess, because I love it. And I just had to admit to myself that I can make money doing something else. And then right. once I did that, it's like dating a great guy, but being like, oh, I don't know if I have to date other people to make sure that you're the one. And then you date other people or right. I had to date other careers. Mm-hmm. The polar opposite, you know, finance right. in New York. Lived in Brooklyn and out of a closet. Didn't even have a door. My, I remember my room For was a million dollars big. a month probably. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I was making no money. And, you know, had my nine to five. I was right. broke as a joke. But... I would go to like happy hour. I would usher plays to see them for free. But you know, it's like you know wow. how to live in New York yeah. if you're, yeah. you can have a good life in New York if you're super broke or super loaded. Right. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, and then once I just made the decision, I, I've been really lucky and George things Lopez, have been really good. Seaburn yeah. Debs. Yeah. That, that's kind of a cult, uh, cult classic. Yeah. Megan Good. Yeah. 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 It's been, it's been really fun. I, I've, you know, I've, was talking to someone recently that I feel so lucky that I've gotten to work with Andy Garcia, you know, who played my dad on the George Lopez show and Michael C. Hall, who I think is one of the best actors of our generation and Michael Keaton and Gary Oldman in RoboCop. I mean, it's, it's like a dream come true. Can you tell us quickly about your character for RoboCop? Yeah, I, um, I play a scientist and, um, I'm Gary Oldman's assistant. Mm -hmm. He's like the head scientist and I kind of just help bring RoboCop to life. And uh, she's very smart, Mm -hmm. you know, Ph.D. in multiple things like biology, chemistry, computer brain interface, Mm -hmm. psychology, biology, um, computer programming. She's just really smart, Ph.D. from MIT. And we can look forward to that in 2014, right, February? Yeah, February 7th, 2014. And uh, Mm. it's pretty cool. I had a geek moment. I was in between Michael and Gary, and we were just talking, and I thought, oh, God, I got... I'm in between Batman and the Commissioner. The legends, <laughs> Dude, legends, yeah. legends in the game. Those guys yeah. are obviously in the in. Uh, it's a test to your talent that the fact you you know you were cast to, to work with these guys Aww, who thanks. are just so in, in, incredibly talented. Yeah. It's, it's a, a tribute to your talent mm-hmm. and um, the director too. I have to say it's not going to be like a cheesy remake. Like the director is this Brazilian amazing <clears throat> documentary filmmaker who did mm-hmm. this uh, franchise called. Uh, uh, elite Squad, which won him the Golden um, Bear in Berlin, okay. and he's so good, and he's very raw and gritty and unapologetic, and he wants to make RoboCop that way. So I think it's going to be, 
it's going to be pretty cool. Well, if I was Norman Lear, I would have bought you out for four years to pay for all your years <laughs> of college, however long you were there, because you're incredibly talented. You don't find a lot of, uh, of ethnic actors that have this all-American sensibility and this likability, and you definitely possess that. I can see why your team you know, pushes you and manages you the way they do. You definitely have this all-American all-American girl quality about you, which is definitely something that's hard to find, that sensibility you don't always really get from... It's natural. It, yeah, it's just oh, very natural. You. You're, you're the girl next door. That's that. I, I expect you to work for a long time. <laughs> especially, uh, uh, definitely. I mean, oh, look at you. You're playing this MIT scientist. Yeah. Both, you know, so those are the kind of roles. I expect to expect a lot out of you, young lady, coming here. Uh, <laughs> and that's well, the daddy voice. I expect a lot out of you, young lady. You know, no, I, I do talented. feel, especially like, you know, being a woman of color, you know, I'm half Puerto Rican, half Mexican, so I always say, my dad always said he's like, because, you know, Puerto Ricans are African, Spanish, and indigenous mix. Yes. So he's. I feel like I have, you know, I have to like this responsibility to represent women of color well. Like, yeah. we're, we're educated, we're smart, we're but I, I thank you. I appreciate that because I I do feel like I want to pick my roles that just are full, fun, smart, all-American yeah. roles, yeah. especially mm-hmm. for for women of ethnicity. Yeah. So I appreciate yeah. that. Very relatable. You're very, very relatable as you've been very relatable here with us. And oh, thank you. I've, I mean, it's been a pleasure just having you here. Just your energy. This girl's like has one of the most positive energies I've ever been around. <laughs> I'm serious. Some people are just like, so blah, blah. Okay. Okay. You're born where? Okay, cool. So um, next, I mean, I want to keep going. I'll go for like another hour, but I know they're going to slap the you know what out of me. And they're like, daddy, I can't believe you, blah. <laughs> so predictions so you guys want to go into predictions for next week let's do predictions for next week episode now, 20 you're after buzz tv predictions so i would ask amy this but i don't know if it's ask her let's ask her okay amy what is your prediction for episode 20 <laughs> Well, if I had to guess, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be action-packed. <laughs> and um, I think, uh, you know, Dixon and Yvonne might uh, have planted some seeds that may grow. Okay. And, um, you know, and, and I think the love-hate relationship between Savino and uh, Ralph Lamb will continue. You know what? This girl might have a future in politics because yeah. she picks her words very well. That was all a test. Anyway, Nick, what's your predictions for next week? Uh, well, you know, we, we saw in the previews that there's there's a couple of new big heavy hitters that, that come in into town to kind of shake things up a little bit. So I think, uh, you know, we may see uh, Ralph and Savino have to work together once again to, uh, you know, help protect the city of Vegas. Um, and, of course, you know, the, uh, the uh, Dixon uh, love line now, you know, with, uh, with, with Amy here. So, you know, I think it's going to be a little more than, than a kiss. Like, it, it may be one of those, like, we see them go into the room and then, like, the door closes. Like, that's, I think, may happen. Mm. Wow, that's scandalous. No, I don't think so. Anyway. You never know. My prediction, and I'm going to need some help from you, Amy. I predict, because I'm worried with this whole shift of the Vegas being moved to Friday, my prediction is that Vegas will be renewed for season two. I don't know. That's the million-dollar question right there. 
We shall see. Okay. Mm. I I really have no idea. I never know. Chickless is very excited. Chickless is like the heart of that show, man. His Boston comes out and knows yeah. everybody's name. How are the kids? And uh, how's so and so? He's he's you know he definitely has a great TV track record. So we mm. shall yeah. we shall see. But he seems to think it's it's a shoe in. Okay, but yeah. well, you never know. He, it is CBS, in. you know. Right. So sure. my prediction for next week is. We'll be back next week. <laughs> That's my prediction. So until next time, after buzzers, thank you, Amy Garcia, again. And where oh can here? You and where can so we sweet. find everyone? And yes, where can we find you guys? Ladies Go. first. Ladies oh, first. Oh, um, you mean like my Twitter? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. All your social media. Oh, 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 oh gotcha, gotcha. So my name is uh, spelled A I M E E. It's French, so it's at A I M E E underscore Garcia G A R C I A. There you go. You can find me all over the internet at the Nick Purdue. <laughs> you can find me at Big Six Entertainment on Twitter and um, social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Club Thaddeus. And you can also find me here for House of Cards Netflix's series 4 and 6 on Sundays. And I will be Amy Garcia's next new follower on Twitter at, like I said, AI. She said A I M E E is French underscore Garcia. Whoa. Until next time, after the sweetest thing. I can't even take it. I will come back anytime. Yes, you heard it here, Amy Garcia. Anytime. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, after buzzers. Peace out. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Yeah, we're not going to buzz. buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.